Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor. Thanks so much for joining us today. Can't wait for you to listen in to our featured interview to see what's in the cards for Lindsay Roy, the Chief Marketing Officer over at Hallmark. We had a fantastic conversation together that I think you're really going to like. We cover a number of really important topics, including a life-changing event, which has given Lindsay life perspective and, and helps to explain why storytelling is so important to her. We talk about what it was like becoming the youngest ever vice president at Hallmark. Uh, we talk about some guiding principles that she has carried in her career to help Hallmark get better at capturing and amplifying millions of stories in the world captured by their cards. We talk about how she leverages this audience of voices which chooses to use Hallmark as their vehicle for emotional expression. We talk about overall innovation and what Hallmark has coming next, some tips on how to become more authentic in messaging, and I also was able to sneak in there what her favorite greeting card is, so listen in for that. We all know Hallmark has that uncanny ability to capture just the right sentiment in just the right moment through their cards. And in the same vein, I hope you will notice Lindsay's uncanny ability to weave her own story and the stories of others into a powerful and compelling message which can inspire us all. So sit back, relax, and listen in as we explore what's in the cards for Hallmark's Chief Marketing Officer, Lindsay Roy. Okay, I'm very happy today to be talking with the CMO of Hallmark, Lindsay Roy. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. I am especially excited to be talking to you because as on this podcast, we talk about storytelling, the power of it, and the authenticity behind it. Uh, I could really think of hardly a better organization to have that conversation with than Hallmark. And you specifically, having such powerful uh, stories to tell, to share, to amplify every day, it really is an honor. And I hope that we talk about all sorts of things related to that, related to Hallmark as a business, and related to the intersection of that during this conversation. I I'd love to, to start off by level setting because uh, folks, listeners, if you've read up on Lindsay before, you know that she has a very powerful history with storytelling and something that is driving her career at Hallmark and beyond. But I'd love to level set with why storytelling is so important to you. In particular, I know that you have a life-defining moment which has given you some perspective on this. Uh, would you mind sharing that with us? No, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, at Hallmark, to your point, we believe in the power of story and human connection and, and all of those things. And as somebody who is, um, you know, spent a lot of years at Hallmark, th those are near and dear to my heart. But to your point, you know, in today's world, you know, we're all human and, you know, we uh, show up at work with our human self still attached. And, you know, um, that is very true for me. And so the, the life-defining moment you've mentioned that has really changed, you know, how I show up at work um, happened five years ago. So the short story was um, I had an unexpected tragic uh, event happen when I was on vacation of all things. Um, I was on vacation and a freak accident happened where I was actually run over by a boat. And my most poetic way to talk about what happened is I uh, danced with the propeller. And from that experience, I was left with um, an amputated leg, um, a severely injured um, other leg, and then some other injuries. And so from that, you know, I went through, like a lot of people do when they have an illness or a traumatic event happen, you know, this long recovery process, both physically and emotionally. And through that, you know, I discovered how important it is 
um, for people to tell their stories. You know, I talked about the really hard days in, a, in, in an open blog. I talked about the triumphs and I found that, you know, it was so connecting um, to, to have that kind of authentic voice. And the other thing I really realized that changes the way I showed up at work every day is truly the power of other people's words and their support and what that can, what that can do to somebody who's really in a challenging time. And so the, the words I got, you know, the, the cards I got in the mailbox, et cetera, sometimes someone just telling me, you know, I know you can do this, got me to the next day. And so going through that life event, I feel like has even further shaped, you know, who I am in this role. Well, it's an incredibly powerful story to use as a as a foundation for for how you you know carry through every day. Now, I was reading or I was watching rather your TEDx talk, which is another super powerful, compelling piece. And you mentioned in that talk that that we can gain this sort of perspective um, and this experience for free. W- what did you mean by that? I was hoping you could elaborate just a little bit. Yeah, well, well, thank you for the comments on the talk. By the way, that was a that was a goal that I set early on in my recovery to have you know some things to strive for, and so it was it was a fun experience that I did last year. And this whole idea of perspective for free, I actually remember distinctly having that insight when I was in the hospital, you know, directly, like literally, you know, days after the accident. It was the middle of the night. You know, they woke me up to go do X-rays and you know whatever poking and prodding they needed to do. And that night, I was honestly feeling sorry for myself. You know, I had two young children, and, you know, they had to, of course, go home, and I wanted to go home with them so badly, and I couldn't, and I just felt like everything was, you know, falling apart. And I remember on my way to the x-ray room, um, I was talking to the lady pushing my my bed, my gurney, and, you know, this was her third job. She had four children, and I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, how often does she get to see them in her everyday life? or we rolled past the pediatric oncology ward, and that will quickly put things in perspective for any human, especially, you know, a mother. And I remember thinking that night, oh my gosh, you know, there's these little perspective moments all around me. And I really reflected and processed and kind of worked that hard that night. And I thought, you know what, those moments are everywhere. And I still look for them. I still, you know, give other people advice to look for them, that if you just look for things in the world, it can give you an instant perspective. And we go to all these, you know, links to find um, ways to kind of make ourselves quote unquote happier. And people will even spend great expense on that. But the simplest thing is just having a moment for perspective. And once again, it's readily available everywhere you look, it's free. You just have to look for it. That perspective that 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 you have gained and, and whether whether it takes an event like that, whether you get it for free, that resilience, and I'm sure uh, what you have learned going forward from that experience, is uh, something I'm in part, maybe in large part, how it has fueled your career to become what I think is a super impressive uh, statistic, the youngest ever vice president at Hallmark. What do you think pushed you to get to that level? And I and I'm sure it has you know the the passion for storytelling, this experience, perhaps in some part. Uh, was was powering that. Would love to just hear about that because that's a very impressive thing. Well, thank you. I I appreciate that, and I, I have to give you know a lot of the credit. Honestly, first of all, um, Hallmark as a company. I'll just tell you that this is a place that if you would imagine the beliefs and values that play out in the culture here, um, what you would imagine from what our brand portrays, you know, externally, it is very much internally the same way. And so 
people here have high integrity. Um, you know, when you do the right thing, it matters. When you work hard, it's rewarded. And so part of it is um, I'm a beneficiary of, and a, it was a gift to kind of grow up, if you will, in this environment. Because I know that isn't always true everywhere, even though there's lots of other great places to work. Um, this is definitely one of them. And we're always ranked on every kind of list like that. So part of it was the environment. And I think, you know, there's also things that fall into place, um, who your leaders are. I had the opportunity to work for some really amazing leaders. And I always tell people starting off in their career, don't just think about what the job is or what the work is, but who you'll be working with and for. And so I had a lot of amazing leaders who put me in situations to stretch me, grow me, support me, challenge me. And then I think some of it too just comes down to who we are. Um, you know, and I would say that you know, I, I grew up in a very kind of self-made environment, family of startup um, kind of entrepreneurs, if you will, in, in the world. And I learned the value of hard work from that. I learned the value of um, being that kind of combination between confident, knowing what you bring and, and being confident in that and speaking up for your ideas, but also being humble, you know, not being the person who is um, so obsessed with aspiration that it gets in the way of just you know, putting your head down and doing a good job. So I don't have a magic answer to that, but I think it's the result of all of those things together. And I've just been fortunate um, and loved every minute of it. I can imagine so. And of course, having that great support uh, will always help anybody. It's a great piece of career advice that I've that I've also been uh, subject to myself is just, you know, finding those people to surround yourself with along with the the what, the where, the when and the why to have the who is very important. Well said. Yeah. I'd love to know then a little bit more about the principles perhaps that have carried you through, but also the principles that you have used to help Hallmark get better at what they do every day. Of course, as part of the organization, which, as I said before, is arguably the strongest at capturing and and amplifying stories in the world and and messages and emotions. I'm curious as to what are some of the guiding principles which, which you've carried to help Hallmark innovate there. I know that innovation is, is very close to your heart and Hallmark's doing a lot of innovation today. So I'm curious to just get your thoughts on that. Sure. Yeah, you know, great question. I'll, I'll, I'll mention a few things, um, some that I think can be broadly applied and some that are maybe more specific and, and of interest uh, as you kind of highlight different companies and industries. I'll mention a few from ours. But something that I think is a general rule of thumb that I try to bring to work every day and I think um, a lot of other of my colleagues do as well is to truly think about and live your mission every day. You know, um, I'll use an example here. So Hallmark um, actually owns Crayola, which a lot of people don't know, but it's another amazing brand. And um, my boss and who's somebody, my current boss has always been a mentor of mine. He was the CEO at Crayola for a while. And he would always remind that organization of why they are there to show up every day, what their mission is, what their purpose is, to unleash the creativity in kids. And how that really just fired people up in a different way to think, that's what I'm here to do. It's not just about the sales numbers. And that same thing we do every day at Hallmark. Like, we remember that we are in charge of making sure that people have better relationships, that people are better connected. I mean, I just did some research recently where I have a video of a woman saying, gosh, because I was challenged to send more cards because of this research, I'm now talking to my mom. And we weren't talking before this. And so part of it is just remember the mission and why you're doing what you're doing. I think in today's world, it's easy to get caught up in 
metrics and we have an abundance of data and all those things are important. This is an and conversation, but first is I think, just remember the mission. You know, another thing that I recently spoke about um, at a conference was this whole idea of authenticity. You know, we talk about that in marketing a lot. Yes, once again, data is important, but on the other end of any transaction, any communication is a human, is a person that's having something happening in their day. And to just not lose sight of that. And I'll tell you, I challenged, um, you know, this other group of leaders I was with as well, that part of this has to start with us. We have to be authentic and tell our stories and speak our truth and be vulnerable, which is not always to do, you know, when you know you have a lot of people looking at you in a leadership position. But if you're going to show up authentically in the market, you have to be authentic. And then the, the last thing I'll just give you as an example is I always tell people as well, don't be afraid to use your unique life experiences to impact the work. So one of the innovations that we had in the marketplace this year was called Just Because. And it was literally a line of cards that weren't um, about Valentine's Day or birthday or those things that are always very important to us. But they were things like, you know what, telling a kid it's going to be okay if they're going through a hard time because we know it's hard to be you know, a kid or a teenager today or to thank a coach for all the time they put in. And when I went through my experience that I talked about a minute ago, my own kind of trauma recovery, just those any day caring moments for someone to reach out. And, you know, when the whole sensational news cycle of my accident was kind of over, for someone to reach out on my 88th day of physical therapy and to say, hey, I'm thinking of you today, you're going to be okay. And that inspired us launching this line that we never would have before. So those would be my, you know, pieces of advice, live your mission, be authentic, and don't be afraid to bring, you know, your true self to the work. Well, those are incredible pieces of advice, and and each of them harnesses an emotion, one which is uh, individual, raw, and real. And uh, I think that those are the most powerful stories that we can tell because there there's no there's no artifice in it. And I've seen that with organizations who are committed to their mission, if that mission is a cause. And, and listeners, you'll know that through our conversations with folks uh, like Kathy Davis at Feeding America and Lisa Bowman at United Way and with folks where uh, you know they are leading organizations selling great products and great services which harness these emotions. It's, it's the same message each way. It, it has me wondering then, uh, Lindsay, because Hallmark powers millions of these emotionally charged stories and whether they're in, in regards to relationship improvement into uh, into health improvement and I'm sure there's a strong link there between you know the, the emotions that, that you have when when sharing these sorts of things with each other and, and your physical health I'm sure you could speak directly to that I'm curious as to how you you leverage these stories that you hear about and are told on probably a day-to-day basis how do you amplify those to to increase the this sort of authentic influence to use the name of the show that you have both in the community that you serve and, and the market that you are a part of? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, to to start off, kind of your point on, you know, how you how you kind of connect the dots um, on what our products do. So, you know, from the mission to to your point here about how you amplify that, you know, cards um, are one of the most unique categories that they are an enabler to make relationships stronger. So when you think about, you know, every card we make and every connection that we try to, um, you know, enable people who want to care for one another or say things on purpose, 
that we know that cards break through. You know, there's a lot of ways to connect digitally today, and all those things are great. Any sort of connection is great. But people will tell us of all ages, of all walks of life, that when I give a card or when I receive a card or if I haven't done that in a while, man, I'm surprised at how much feedback I get and how impactful that was on my relationship. So if cards make relationships stronger and then you bounce past that to all of the data that I think a lot of us and I'm sure your listeners are, are aware of um, as kind of students of marketing in the marketplace, that the stronger your relationships are, the happier, happier you are, the healthier you are, not just even emotional health, but physical health. I mean, there's been several studies. I mean, one that um, that we've seen recently talks about that the impact and the quote-unquote health of your relationships is just important on your physical health and kind of life, life expectancy um, as things like um, you know your level of smoking or even obesity and things like that. And so relationship health is critical. And so when I put all that together, you're exactly right. We want to make sure that we're creating opportunities for people to connect and people to tell their stories of connecting. So, you know, we leverage social media and um, like a lot of other companies and try to really um, create an environment and a series of communities where people can come and talk about, wow, this is what this moment meant to me. We leverage, um, you know, social media influencers, both the ones that have really engaged kind of niche followings and then the, the broad audiences where we challenge them to say, hey, tell your card stories. And it's awesome to just hear then the user-generated comments that, um, you know, those influencers see. And so we try to every day think about different ways. And, and the great thing is a brand like Hallmark and talking about personal relationships, people want to share those stories because who doesn't want to talk about that amazing connection with you know, a long lost friend or with their grandma or with maybe, you know, their, their child or whatnot. So we get a lot of engagement and we're still challenging ourselves to come up with more ways to, to enable those stories. I asked the question, yeah, in part because I had seen a campaign on, on social media, the, the missed moments campaign. And that's, that that would be partly what you're referring to. And um, it does, in my opinion, you know, we, as listeners of the show, as producers of this show are certainly, uh, you know, perpetual students in, in, in marketing and how to build authenticity. And that, as we have found, is one of the more ultimate motivators of somebody. Why do you share or produce things? It's because these stories are, are, are real. They are personal. It's something that you, you want to be involved in. I'm curious because I, I, I heard you mention a little earlier in the conversation about how, um, you know, Hallmark helped somebody to to reconnect with their family what another story or two might be that you might consider among your favorites of of stories that you've heard either from these influencers from from the user generated comments as you said that they have received other stories you have heard about how hallmark is connecting people in that way oh gosh yeah you know i feel like there's there's a story a day and i love the letters we get um i love the the posts on social media so you know just a a couple that are you know top of mind um, one of them is we got um, an amazing card uh, from one of uh, our, our loyal customers in our Hallmark stores, and she talked about that she has a friend, you know, who has had to go through chemotherapy three different times over the course of the last few years, and she has come to us time and time again to find different messages and different ways to uplift, whether that's one day, maybe that person just needs humor, you know, a laugh. Like, we have a card that literally just says, like, cancer sucks. You know, and and that's 
that's true. We all know that. And just to say that out loud or something that once again is just that little nugget of support that you need when you're like, I don't know if I can go through this next round. And to get, you know, a, a letter or a card that has that in there that says, gosh, you know, you are my go-to tool to lift this other person up. And oh, by the way, that your product doesn't have any sense or meaning that doesn't have a scent that I'm going to drop a pizza off at the door. You know, it can, she can open it on her time. I'm not interrupting her day. I mean, all of the things that make it so perfect to just let somebody know you're there without being intrusive. So that was one of those that you get and you're like, oh my gosh, like that makes it very real. Or, um, you know, we get a lot of stories around correspondence and cards or a recordable storybook that we have, or you can record someone's voice that we sell in our Hallmark stores of maybe the mom or dad who's deployed overseas, you know, in the service and them sending that physical artifact, their handwriting, their voice, you know, to, to their son or daughter or their husband, wife, or mom or dad. I mean, those are the kinds of things that you hear and you're like, you know, I, I can't imagine wanting to go to work any other place than a place that, that does something like that. Sure. I can imagine. And getting a story like that at least once a day, I imagine that that pace only quickens with time. And it has me wondering a more industry-specific question. I'd love to know uh, what you've seen over the years uh, in your experience as to the the category of greeting cards themselves. Um, You know, that, as you just said, it's not interruptive. It is genuine. It is something that uh, continues to be a constant among all of these other tactics that people do to get in touch with each other. Uh, do you still find that, you know, that this category is continuing to, to breathe strongly and, and grow through all this? The reason I ask is because it almost seems more genuine than it ever was in a sea of social media and digital and, and over-the-top TV, everything coming at you, um, and the diversity of messages you can receive and the ways you can receive them. That a greeting card is still that rock foundation that uh, that drives a lot of things. Yeah, you you're so insightful. I mean, so much what you said there. I'll just reiterate. Um, you know, I, I will get questions sometimes during these interviews where people will ask me things like, "Gosh, are greeting cards still relevant? Do younger people send cards?" And I love that question because the answer is absolutely yes. And there's even more upside, and I'll get to that. Um, the why behind that. But, you know, there are other categories where digital has disrupted them close to extinction. You know, if you think about things like CDs versus, you know, downloadable and digital music, Um, you know, if you think about print versus online uh, news sources, et cetera. And, you know, of course, lots of different companies have found their niches in that. But overall category, it's challenging. But for greeting cards, we are, like you said, the perennial, very stable category. But a couple of things we are finding is um, there are some perennial whys, the benefits that people find in cards, things like, gosh, somebody knew that I really took the time and I took, um, you know, a, a moment to really, once again, say something on purpose and not just do the most convenient thing that was available to me. Or perennial benefits like, you know, this is a piece of DNA, a keepsake, a card. I mean, even, you know, 80 plus percent of millennials in our studies will tell us they keep their cards. And so they have that, you know, shoebox, if you will, in today's era of having, even with Valentine's Day coming up, it's not just another Valentine's Day card. That's a memento of what your relationship was like that year. And so those are some of the benefits that have been around forever. But some of the new things we hear people saying are exactly what you're referencing. Yeah, there's a zillion ways to connect now. 
it's easy for me to text you happy birthday or, you know, on social media to wish you a happy birthday. Once again, those things are good. Our most caring connectors, which is what we call our heaviest users, they do all of those things. But they do that in addition to a card because they will say these exact words. A card is like giving a piece of your heart. It's a different kind of connection. And, you know, we've done studies where we've taken away cards and people are like, oh, my gosh, there's nothing that quite replaces this. And then you hear people who maybe haven't experienced cards or haven't, you know, experienced cards in a while. And they will say things like, I had no idea how much the other person would care. And that makes them want to do it more because they see the value of it. Or even millennials, you know, when we talk about things like the resurgence of vinyl CDs or, you know, anything paper-based, books, et cetera, there is that just genuine need for, you know, sensory and real and long-lasting. And so you put all of that in a blender and it equals category health. And I think, you know, it's, a, it's an awesome time to be us. I would agree, and I also have a shoebox full of. I love it. Uh, I love it. You I hold like on to them. You know, that's because you know that it's it's permanent, and um, you know some of those other things are they're 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 excellent. I think they're uh, certainly innovative and and pervasive, but there's just something about a card. I have to ask on the subject. Do you have a favorite one? Oh gosh, do I have a favorite card? Oh no, that would be like. No, um, a mom, if she has a favorite child, no, <laughs> absolutely not. But, you know, I, uh, but if I was to play along, I would say that uh, my, my favorite card probably is one that I actually have framed and I read it all the time. It's um, one of the first cards my husband ever gave me when we were, you know, I'd say guess seriously dating because it was more love-esque. It wouldn't be the card you'd give on your first date, but it was quirky and personal and of course all the things that are wrapped up in capturing that moment in our life in time so on the personal side I would say that's probably my favorite card but from a work perspective I actually am sitting here in my office right now looking at my wall and I have these shelves and I kind of put my new favorite card up there from time to time just as my little like you know wall of fame so those change out you know every month or so. Well, that I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I'm sure it's the, the the emotions behind whatever card you receive and the context in which you receive them that um, that probably is just important as the words inside. But uh, yeah, I thought to ask, had to ask. <laughs> Do you um, have a favorite card in your shoebox? Uh well, I um, I, well, I do. Yeah, it's really. I mean, it's any card that I'll get from. Uh, well, it's any card that I get from my parents. I guess I see them all the time, but every every so often there'll be a and especially like for example when I was away at school. Um, I'd get cards and everybody does did, but I've held on to plenty of them because they're just like, and you open it up, you know, and it's just like a wall of text and, but being able to go back and read those are especially, especially powerful. And, um, you know what the crazy thing is? It's almost as if like there were some pre-written words in there and a message around it like that. That's great to me. It's almost just as important what is accompanying that and the moment that accompanies that for me. So uh, if I guess I think about favorite cards in two ways. You know, one is like, what is the message that somebody is giving me within that? And then the other one is, I particularly like like funny, quirky cards. So it's like, yeah. for, for example, like if I were, if I were, you know, plagued with a situation, you said you had that card that said cancer socks, I would have a super good laugh over that. That'd probably be one of my favorites right there, yeah. you know, depending on whatever situation I was going through. That. So to me, I, I look at it on two dimensions, but well, on that too, well, um, I, I, I love your see now yours is my favorite story of the day, but 
you know, I would I would encourage, you know, your listeners too, if they haven't gone out and you know, just checked out, you know, cards in a while, we're always thinking of, like you said, our goal is to have you buy or receive that card and say, oh my gosh, I feel like that was written perfectly for me and or perfectly for what I want to say or what I want to hear. And we are constantly evolving. You know, people talk different ways. Families are organized in different ways. Uh, you know, the diversity in our world is different. People's viewpoints are different. And so we have people that think about that all day, every day. And we have some new quirky lines coming out this year. We have a new brand called Good Mail. You should go check out Adam. Um, that'll be coming out here okay. in a few months. I'll, I'll send you a box of them. But um, there's there's a lot of fun things that I think um, for people who aren't as close to cards as you are, I just challenge you, go check them out. And I think you'll be surprised. Well, you heard it there, listeners. Go out, go out and check them out. You, you might just find something that's perfectly written for you. In fact, I, I, I'd pretty much guarantee it. I don't even have to go see uh, <laughs> what, what's there currently on your shelf in front of you. Um, I know that, that, that there is something there like that. And who doesn't want a, you know better relationships, right? <laughs> well, of course. Right. That's the whole point. Uh, one final question for you, Lindsay. I'm curious, uh, based on all of your experience here, the conversation that we've had today, if somebody is looking to just become a little bit more authentic in their messaging and, and the emotions that they capture, uh, we've talked about this a couple of times on the on the show today, but I just wanted to get uh, maybe a tip or two from you as to how somebody can get started down that path since you uh, live at the center of this very subject. You know, I think that's an awesome question, and I would love to hear sometime what other people have said, because I think we can, I, I truly believe we can all learn from each other's stories. Um, the first thing that comes to mind, I would say, is I think there is a Venn diagram between authenticity and vulnerability. And to truly challenge yourself, um, whether that's the way you think about your brand or whether that's the, thing, the way you think about yourself as a leader, is challenge yourself to be a little more vulnerable than you would normally be in what you say. Um, or how you say it. And for some people, that can mean something very different than for other people or for some brands, very different. But ask yourself, because I believe when you allow yourself um, to be a little bit more vulnerable, you find a level of authenticity that maybe you were a little scared um, to put out there. And that's the good stuff. And I think that's also what truly engenders trust, because vulnerability comes with a little bit of risk. But it's also by definition, the most genuine. Well, folks, uh, take take that with you, and um, you know, from one of the from one of the central minds here, when it comes to amplifying and displaying emotions every day in the world of greeting cards, uh, Lindsay Roy's got plenty to offer here. And, and thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Really loved our conversation, learned a ton, and yeah, I'm gonna go out now and see. Uh, I'm gonna go good mail. Okay, thank you for that advice. I'll keep an eye out for those. <laughs> thank you, Adam. I really appreciate the time. Thanks so much to Lindsay Roy for joining us to share her perspective, her expertise, and her story on our podcast today. And thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in and experiencing that right alongside me. If you enjoy what you hear and want to hear more, be sure to stay subscribed here, leave a rating and review, let us know what you think. And it's on that note that before I go today, I'd like to share a really nice comment that we received recently from one of our happy listeners, Paul. He writes, just listen to your podcast and I appreciate you exploring authentic influencing. Working for a 98-year-old American-made manufacturer, I do believe a great story can help connect to your product. I look forward to listening to a few more of your episodes and enjoying some great takeaways that I plan on integrating into our marketing. Well, thanks so much, Paul, for listening in. I'm glad this has been impactful for you. And for anybody else who's been impacted similarly or who is just enjoying what they're hearing, feel free to let us know. Again, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can also connect with me on LinkedIn. 
Adam Connor. I'll be back with you again in two weeks to discuss how another great brand and leading marketing mind is helping to cultivate authentic influence in their storytelling, marketing, and messaging every day. Until then, and for now, I've been your host, Adam Connor. Thanks so much for tuning in, and you'll hear from me again next time.